0: On today's episode, benefits, tips, and tricks for implementing strides with Claire Bartholik. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast. The podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Welcome back, Run Smarter Scholars. I have been meaning to do an episode on strides for a while now, and I was actually listening to Claire Bartholic, who, if you're not familiar, is the host of the Run to the Top podcast, and she actually did an episode on strides, and it was about 18, 19 minutes long or something like that, and thought I'd get her on to chat about strides. And she's like, I don't know how we can turn this into a whole episode, but once we got off recording, she's like, I can't believe we just chatted for 40 minutes only on Strides. (laughs) And so it was a great conversation, some really practical takeaways, and she explains the benefits and a lot of tips and tricks about Strides really well. So looking forward to you listening and getting some feedback. Over the past few days, I've uh, experienced my first YouTube video I guess, exceeding the views to subscribers. Um, I've had, I think, 550 subscribers now, and one of the videos has taken off a little bit at the moment. It's around about 2,000 views, and so just really enjoying the process, and hopefully we have some big boom and a lot of subscribers. If you're enjoying it, let me know. I've done a couple on shoes in the last couple of days, so the one that did start gaining a whole bunch of views was actually tips on how to know when is the right time to replace your running shoes when it comes to like wear and tear or loss of cushioning or a certain mileage and using a bit of evidence-based guidance to deliver my suggestions. But then I also had two videos come out on the minimalist index and explaining certain shoe characteristics that you need to know. And also, if you are planning to transition to a different type of shoe, for example, like a minimalist or a barefoot shoe, exactly how to do that. And I follow a particular research paper which covers five tips on how to do that sensibly. So if you're interested in shoes, if you're wanting to know about those processes and those particular topics, go over to Run Smarter with Brody Sharp and you can start watching those videos. Thanks, Jasmine, for chiming in with those barks. Uh, Hopefully she keeps quiet for the remainder. And Okay, so Claire, we've got Claire on today. It actually worked out really well because um, I jumped onto her podcast, the Run to the Top podcast, to uh, talk about the book essentially, promote the Run Smarter book and certain topics and conversations in there. But um, at the same time, Claire is also starting a new podcast called the Planted Runner podcast. And so it was a great time to cross-promote and talk about all these sorts of things. And so the Planted Runner, um, it's not just about running for for people who are vegetarians or vegans or fueled by plants. Um, The description in the podcast says that the name The Planted Runner is not just about how to run better, faster and further fueled by plants. Being planted also means that you are ready for growth. You can start exactly where you are right now and get better. And so there's a few episodes out at the moment. um, As I'm scrolling through her feed, there's the trailer. There's another episode on how to transform from a casual runner into an endurance athlete. And another one on pacing, the single most important concept to improve your running and your life. So those episodes are out now. Really excited for her to start this new podcast. So you can go check that out, especially if you like the information Claire delivers. And what better evidence to check out the information that she has on strides. So let's dive in. Claire, thanks for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Happy to be here, Brody.
0: Happy to have you. Uh, how about we start with uh, those who aren't familiar with you, maybe just introducing yourself and uh, the podcast that you've got going on at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, so I'm coach Claire Bartholik and uh, my, you know, quick elevator story is that i started running later in life found the marathon and fell in love with it and you know just a normal average person just trying to run and get in shape and ended up becoming a student of the marathon i went from you know 402 was my first marathon and got all the way down to 258 um in the marathon so um just absolutely fell in love with the sport became a coach Um, and I've been coaching for years now and absolutely it's my life's work and, you know, got my start with, uh, Runners Connect and I do their podcast, which is called the Run to the Top, which is an ancient podcast in in these days, you know, been around for, um, over a decade and, but I have also just started the Planted Runner podcast, which is, my own show which has a little bit of a different twist to it um, my coaching at the planted runner the planted part of it is that i am plant-based and um, i integrate uh, nutrition and mindset training along with all the physical training and the planted runner is uh, where you can find me on instagram and that is the name of the new podcast
0: Excellent. Well, I'm excited to, to dive into it. I know it's, um, it's a nice new project that you've got going on. And I did see on the Run to the Top podcast, you did a, an episode on strides and I listened yes. to it and I'm like, damn, I haven't done an episode on strides yet.
1: And <laughs> I thought
0: that you'd be a perfect person to have a chat about it. So for those who aren't familiar, if they've just heard strides as the first time they've heard that term, um, what is it? How can we okay. describe it?
1: Well, strides are just the most magical thing you can do for your running. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. what they are, are very short, faster running. I hate to call them sprints because they're not technically a sprint. But it's a high effort running that I like to do after an easy run, after you've calmed down a little bit, maybe had a drink of water, but you're still very warm from your easy run. And um, you're doing an acceleration. And some people do it for 15 seconds. Some people do 30 seconds. I usually split the difference and do it for 20. And um, then you take a rest and you do it again. And there's all sorts of amazing benefits that you can get in just 20 seconds.
0: Good start. Let's... um. <laughs> When it comes to, I guess, setting up for a stride, Mm -hmm. uh, you said the time might be about 20 seconds Um, in terms of the environment and what to exactly do within that 20 seconds. Is there any particular structure or ways that we can plan it out?
1: yeah absolutely so um i personally like to do strides right in front of my house because it's nice and flat and i got a good stretch <laughs> of sidewalk um you there you can do strides on hills but we won't go into that for right now so you want a spot that you know is relatively flat and open where you can run fast and um then stand around for a little while afterwards so um And the the speed part of it is kind of where people um, get confused. They think, oh, I should just go and run as fast as possible and then stop. And that is not actually what we're trying to do with a stride. We are trying to get up to speed, so we we gradually get to our just about top speed. I would say ninety percent. Never go a hundred percent, and then ease back down. So if you think about a bell curve, that's what your speed should look like. Um, it's not a forty-five degree angle where you're just going as fast as possible from start to stop. That's not what it should be. It should be get up to your top speed and then come back down.
0: I sometimes have this with my runners who want to introduce speed and they haven't done speed for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I say, okay, let's, let's do strides to start with just to see how, how you feel. And I usually have, I'm not too sure where I got these measurements from, but I had um, to plan something out for about 20 seconds and um, accelerate for about 10 seconds, hold that top speed for about eight mm-hmm. to 10 seconds and then five seconds to kind of slow down. Um, which I guess would kind of be at that bell curve with like a five second flat sort of top at right. the bell. Um, is it, it, do you ever come across any other advice that might structure it differently or it, is it open to interpretation of when to change those values?
1: i suppose it is ov- open to interpretation but what i like to think about it is it's it's not about running fast it's practicing to run fast so if you're thinking about it as a drill and not about oh i'm running fast right now then it totally changes your your mentality so why are you doing a stride well It's not about how fast you run. I actually don't care how fast you run. I want you to practice running fast. So what does your body have to do to run fast. Is it pump your elbows back further? Is it really, you know, push off with your toe? Is it extend your leg? What what are we talking about? What is going to get you to your fastest almost <laughs> speed possible? So, you really want to not just fly out of the gates as fast as possible, you really want to create that ramp up to this this high level of speed and then gently come back down so you're not just falling off a cliff. So, It really, there is a rhythm to it. And um, if you think about it that way, sure, you could do five seconds up, 10 seconds up, eight seconds up. You know, you could play with those sort of, you know, measurements, but it really needs to be um, a ramp up and a ramp down.
0: Well explained. And Mm -hmm. uh, you did talk about the benefits. You said there are a lot Mm -hmm. of benefits to strides. And I think we're sort of delved into the technique side of things, you're sort of, yeah. you know, practicing running faster. Um, what would you say are the other benefits that that come along with implementing strides?
1: Well, the thing about speed work is, you know, we we run fast so that we can run fast, right? So we're, we need to teach our body how to run fast. But the problem with speed work is that you can't run speed every single day. You should not be hitting the track every single day. You should not be running a tempo every single day. You should be running your easy runs nice and slow. But a stride is only 20 seconds times four times six. So in just a few seconds, you can can cram in a whole lot of speed work and not get Um, not have to have recovery from that it can be at the end of an easy run and it's just a few seconds of speed work which really adds to um, the amount of work that you're doing at speed during the week without really affecting your recovery time Um, the other cool thing that strides do is they teach your brain to talk to your legs faster so the the neural connections between your legs and your brain you want this to be a blazing fast highway you know you don't want this to be a crackly dial-up connection (laughs) you know (laughs) you want your brain and your legs to be talking to each other super super quickly and when you do these short little bursts of speed that just reinforces that 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 communication pathway and um that is so important to how fast you can run is actually practicing faster running
0: Mm. and I think it's really hard to run inefficiently when you're increasing your speed like your Mm -hmm. any any sort of things like an overstride or a low cadence that people sort of adopt when they're running really slow you're sort of just implementing some sort of um, qualities into your running which hopefully can if with enough practice if they're not used to doing that and then they're practicing it and then they go back to slower running maybe some of those can be a little bit transferable and those inefficiencies can maybe be you know, ironed out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a really excellent point because if you think about you know, running 400 meters, which is one lap around the track, you think about doing that at your highest level, you're going to start to feel winded. You're going to start to feel fatigue if you're really running it as, as hard as you can. And any time that happens your form does change you know the more you run and the more experienced you are that you know slide is is less and less and less but especially at a at a beginner um, stage you don't know how to run fast for 400 meters you just start to break down a little bit and for 20 seconds It's, you know, going to be mostly anaerobic, and so you're not fatiguing. You're going to be able to just crush it for 20 seconds at whatever your speed is, and you don't have time to really tire and break form. You are going to run as fast as you can the way your body, you know, can get you down the road.
0: And I've seen myself when I'm working with injured clients, those who, when it comes to an... Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow injury, returning to running. You know, I like to start with slow, easy running and build up that base first to see how that injury is tolerated. But when it comes to, okay, how can I run fast now? What should I do? I, I implement strides first before any other sort of longer, even if it's just a little bit faster for 10 minutes, I prefer to do strides just to see how that injury responds. And like you say, it's short, it's quick. It it can be quite fast, but you know, mm-hmm. it's extremely short and we just see see how people respond. And I've used it with people returning to reintroduction of speed that can be really successful and actually just be a little test. So from a physio perspective, that's a, a big benefit. Mm-hmm. And for injured clients wanting to see how they go, I guess, trying in some speed work. And I guess if someone's never really done strides before and they're thinking um, if it's right for them, I guess the question would be, who should be implementing strides should everyone be or is it only for a certain people that have certain amount of or certain types of running goals
1: I think everyone should do strides absolutely everyone (laughs) even if you have zero speed goals so um let's say you just love running you like chatting with your friends you like listening to podcasts you don't want you don't care a thing about racing you should still sprinkle in a little bit of speed into your week and strides are a perfect way of doing it and you know people are like what why on earth do I want to do these silly little fast back and forths down my street and have the neighbors look at me funny why why should I be doing that well you know that is a a plyometric exercise really it's a jumping kind of exercise and if you know one of the first things that declines as we age is our strength and our power and if you don't have strength and power you cannot run as efficiently but you also start to age quicker you know so if you're just doing this for vanity <laughs> you <laughs> eat a little a little plyometrics a little bit of speed a little bit of power work is something that is definitely going to supercharge your metabolism you know all those long easy runs uh, human beings are meant for endurance you, you can go run easy for hours and hours and hours but if you don't practice your speed and power those are the things that start to decline as we age. So just a little bit of that, even if it's just once a week, will make a major difference in um, everything running, but it's also really great for your health and your, you know, hormones and all of this stuff. You know, I had uh, Dr. Stacy Sims on my show and she's an exercise uh, physiologist and she, you know, talks a lot about um, the effects of menopause and Doing short sprints is one of her recommendations to help, you know, ward off the ill effects. So it definitely, definitely is something we all should be doing. Um, You know, the people who kind of push back a little bit are, yes, like you said, the injured runners or the people who have a history of of injury who are afraid, oh, you know, I have this hamstring injury. I don't want to do strides because, you know, I'm really afraid that that, that's going to, you know, Hurt the injury. And, you know, so take it down a notch. You don't have to do it at 90%. You can do it at 50%, but just running all the time at slow speed or medium speed or fast speed, at whatever speed, you don't want to be running at one speed all the time. You really need to mix it up. And strides are just this beautiful little sprinkle of power and, um, you know, and strength that if you're not doing it, you're really leave, leaving a lot of your athletic capability on the table.
0: Well said. And when I had Jason Fitzgerald on the podcast, he was talking about muscle tension. And mm-hmm. I think that was similar to what you were describing as one of the, the effects as well. And not only is mu- like maintaining muscle tension quite efficient for runners, like we want that as a runner, it's, it fades away really quickly And Mm -hmm. we were talking, when I was talking with Jason, we talked about um, the perfect taper when preparing for like a marathon. And he said, you know, back off the mileage, but sort of keep some intensity in there, even if it's just short because that will Mm -hmm. preserve your muscle tension. And when people back off their training volumes, the slow, easy stuff, you can maintain that particular fitness for, you know, two to three weeks. It's, It's not a big issue. right? But the muscle tension itself fades away quite quickly, which is why we should still implement it in that taper period. And goes to show like when it comes to someone who hasn't done strides before, any speed work before, that implementing and building up that muscle tension and even the tendons themselves, we want the the tendons to be stiffer because a stiffer tendon is a more efficient tendon, which means that it's a more efficient stride, better performance, even if it's just running slow and running long. You still want those qualities in a in, a, in an athlete, so very well described.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. The the tendons, I think, are something that people don't think about too much unless they're injured. You know, the Achilles tendon hurts or you have some kind of Otis or Itis. You think about your tendon, but it's, you know, the muscles cannot do it alone. They need the rubber band. You know, they need the the force, you know, that that propellant force, like you're flicking a rubber band, uh, you know, across the room um, to really do, you know, the running motion effectively and you don't get a nice stiff rubber band just by jogging all the time i mean i'm a huge fan of easy running don't get me wrong i'm a world-class jogger love the jog but just a little bit of speed if 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 strides are the only thing that you do for speed you're you've got half the battle um they're just so powerful and underrated and so I sing their praises all the time I make I make my runners do them every single week
0: (laughs) good work how about terrain like we can do road we can do trail we can do sand or grass or something does that does that matter or should we factor that in
1: um you know Varying your surfaces definitely um, has, you know, there's some benefits to that for sure. You're mixing up the muscles, you're doing things differently. You know, short strides, uh, barefoot have been shown to, you know, work the foot muscles in a way that you wouldn't um, work them when you're wearing shoes. Running on um, softer surfaces like the trail or the track definitely have less impact, Um, but you know you don't necessarily want less impact for strides all the time you actually do want that stiff surface because you can push off a stiff surface more than you can push off a soft surface you know think about you know running on a couch or running on the ground you're obviously going to be able to run faster on that harder surface and so what we're doing is practicing fast running so I say give yourself the best opportunity to run fast Um, um, you know, but if you do want to mix it up and do it on the trail, especially if you are a trail runner, absolutely. Go do it on, on whatever surface you feel like. I mean, we can nitpick the tiny little differences. Um, if you're doing it and it makes you happy, do it.
0: <laughs> yep. Good. Uh, when I very first started Strides, I did it on a football oval where it was mm. like grass. And that was where I walked my dog and like threw a stick and a tennis ball and that sort of stuff. So that's where I was. Mm-hmm. And it was a consistent, like there wasn't cars passing me. There was, so it was a nice um, environment enclosed for me to do that, but did have a couple of random potholes here and there, which I couldn't see until it was like right in front of me. So I don't necessarily recommend that. Make sure that the environment itself is quite predictable. And Mm -hmm. if it is trail, I guess, you know, you don't want to be going around bends or anything that might have some things that you can't really have a predictable foot placement
1: yeah you don't want it to be anything technical you don't you're you should not be looking at the ground that's super important you know when you are running fast you need to be looking straight ahead so you should be looking wherever that 20 seconds is going to get you that is where you're looking way down the road um, not at the ground and so if there's roots and rocks and turns and potholes you're in the wrong Hmm. spot for those because you really should never be looking at the ground
0: A few things to um, consider when it comes to actually implementing it, Um, Mm -hmm. starting a routine. How about the frequency? If someone hasn't done it before compared to someone who's quite experienced, does the frequency change of how, how often they should implement strides?
1: I think um, just about anybody can do them once a week you know if you um, are you know if I I think it's more about how many days you're running a week so if you're running you know three days a week you might have one speed day one easy day and one long run day so you might do your strides on that easy day Um, if you're doing four days a week I don't think I would add two days of strides Um, once we start getting up to five six seven days a week you just have more easy running and you have more of the sort of down days where you're not doing anything but working on your aerobic system and so for those runners yeah you you can add strides twice a week um the, the you know, the thing about strides is they really do go a long way. And it also kind of depends on how you're using them. So I've talked about using them after an easy run. But you can also use them before your speed work. Um, and with this is a great way to kind of, you know, I was talking about the neuromuscular connections. That's exactly what you want before you go do, you know, your track workout. So, you know, do your easy warm-up. And then you should have some sort of... Um, warm-up drill that gets you ready for your track session and strides are a really great way to sort of you know pump you up get you ready get your brain and your legs talking so that you can run fast Um, and that's why you'll see a lot of people on the starting line of their 5k or before the marathon doing a few a few strides. Um, I don't know how much it helps in the marathon, but you know, if you're used to it and it's your routine, then it definitely can help. Um, so that's another place that I would squeeze it in. It would be before your track workout.
0: Nice. And for someone who hasn't done strides before compared to mm-hmm. someone who's a bit more experienced, yeah, what are we talking about yeah. in terms of the, um, repeats? How many repeats okay. should we be doing?
1: I think starting with four is great um, and for many people I stick I stay with that even if they are experienced but some people go up to eight or so um, it's it, it really kind of depends on where you are and and how you're doing and how many times a week so you know if you get a really experienced runner and they're doing you know eight sec eight eight times 20 seconds and then they're doing it on Tuesdays right in front of their workout you know doing eight again you know they probably don't need to keep going higher than that I don't know how much more that you would need to do um unless you're incorporating it into a workout you know doing hill uh, you know strides or you're doing some surges or some surges are different than strides but you know there's other ways that you can incorporate it in but um I don't really see going much higher than eight or ten for most people unless you're really really at the highest level.
0: Okay. And you did mention earlier that you're not too fussed about how fast they're running like what their top speed is. Yes. What should people be perceiving or what what's a recommended sort of range finder to know that they are you know going through their strides implementing them efficiently?
1: Great question. So I get people, um, you know, I'm looking at their workouts and they'll, you know, ask me, hey, uh, you know, can you look at my paces? Did I do them okay? And the paces are not what's important. And in fact, most people's GPS can't record a stride accurately anyway. Um, it's just too short to, you know, translate into minutes per mile or minutes per kilometer. So your your pace is not going to be efficient you know realistic anyway I suppose if you're on a track and you have a measured um, distance and you're timing it instead of using your GPS then then it will get a little more um, accurate but the point is not about whatever your exact speed is so instead of asking me as your coach did I go fast enough I'll turn it around and say how did you feel (laughs) how did it feel for you how was your effort so what I like to um, get people to is about about a 90 percent effort but only for that middle five or eight seconds of a 28 you know of a 20 second sir, uh, stride so you're really going very hard but it's just for a little bit of time because you're doing the ramp up and the ramp down so it should again think of it as a drill it, you are not running fast you're practicing to run fast so it doesn't matter how fast you are but it should be that up and down effort um If you really had to translate it into a paste, it's probably going to come out somewhere at your mile race pace or maybe a little faster, maybe your 800-meter, you know, top eff- effort pace. But unless you race those things consistently, consistency, consistently, um, you're not going to know what your 800-meter race pace is. Most people won't. So me telling you, you know, correlating it to a, a pace doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, the other thing is it's extremely difficult to extrapolate short sprint distances from endurance runners. You know, if you run, you know, four hours in the marathon and I'm supposed to tell you how fast you can run 100 meters, I can't do it, you (laughs) know, because some people are naturally better at those shorter distances. Some people are naturally better at the longer distances. And of course, it's all about specific training. So if you don't train to run whatever it is 100 meters um, then I don't know what your 100 meter pace is or I don't know what you can run in 20 seconds and again it doesn't matter how how fast you run it it's all about practicing getting up what does it take for you to move your body through space and time to be as efficient and fast as possible the actual number doesn't matter that much
0: This episode is sponsored by the Run Smarter Online course. It's tough teaching and learning these podcast concepts through a purely audio format. So combining the podcast with these video courses is a great way to enhance your learning. There are several courses to choose from based on your running goals and situation. We have injury prevention courses, courses that focus on treatment for certain injuries, and courses to help enhance your running performance. And if you sign up through the website, you'll then have access to the course videos, both through the Run Smarter website and through the Run Smarter app. And to say thanks for being a podcast listener, enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout to receive a three-day free trial. This unlocks all the injury prevention, injury rehab, and running performance content so you can binge for three days and it won't even auto-subscribe you once the three-day trial is finished. So head to the online course hyperlink in the show notes to begin. Like I said, when I'm working with injured runners and they're overcoming their injury and want to start implementing some sort of speed, I'll use strides and I'll usually do about four repeats and kind of level out their top speed. We want to control their top speed and I usually start with, on average about 75% of their max sprint is what they sort of peak at. But right. that is extremely hard to determine as a runner. Like when you're running, what is am I running at 75% of my max sprint? It's like, you know, hard to comprehend. But I do say just, you know, try your best. Try to get around about that range. Um, right. But I do think with a non-injured runner who wants to implement these, you you did mention about ninety percent. I think that's easier an easier range to find. I think most people can know I'm running really fast, but I'm not running at my fastest. It's sort of like a gear down, yes, and can can be a little bit easier for people to get that sensation. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> I've been running um, with my son who's thirteen, and so he'll run a mile with me in the morning, and and his favorite thing to do is race me. You know, at the end, so we'll stop after we hit a mile, and then we maybe have twenty seconds left and <laughs> And, you know, I thankfully, I can still beat him, but not for long he's Good. gonna get he's <laughs> he's gonna catch up soon. But you know, he just runs. N- <laughs> He runs that 45 degree angle, you know? So he runs from zero to 100 and he, until he just drops. And that's not what we want to see with a stride. It really needs to be a ramp up and a ramp down. So go up and over the bell curve. And, mm. and then one day you'll beat your mama. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there.
0: Hang in there. Start mm-hmm. training. Yes. The, um, a lot of when I jump on Q&A, uh, sessions and I have patrons and listeners submit questions. A lot of times they ask a question around how does it change when it's involving a marathon? Like when it comes to race day or like approaching race day compared to when I don't have a race prepared compared to, you know, certain phases within a training cycle. Should strides change at all? Should any of those variables change when it comes to, say, a taper or, you know, a couple of weeks away from race day compared to not fussed about a race at all? Should should that change?
1: You know, I... I personally don't change that at all. I consider it, you know, like just one little piece of, of running hygiene that you're doing all the time. You know, like if if you were in a, a jump rope habit, you know, jump rope is great for runners. You know, it's quick plyometrics, you know, jumping exercise. That's something that you could do, implement as your plyometrics, you know, throughout your whole running career. And that's the way I look at strides. You know, people can mix it up just because they want some variety? Sure. You can go run on hills. You know, hill strides can be incredibly um, effective. You're um, not able to go as fast, obviously, because you're running up a hill. Um, The angle of running up a hill is a little bit different than running flat. So you can't exactly crash as hard um, on a hill. So a lot of people do hill strides to build strength and power in kind of a different way. But really, for me, I think that's pretty much the only very variation or you know surfaces like we talked about before you can do it on different surfaces if you want to but you know the thing about doing the strides is that your fitness is always going to be changing your fitness is not ever the same throughout the whole process so the strides you do at the beginning of a marathon cycle are going to look very different than the, than the strides that you do at the end. you know so I don't really, unless you're having some kind of issue with them, I definitely, I don't think that there is a reason really to change them up. You know, um, they're just these little powerful, little nuggets of goodness. And, and why would you change that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why would you? (laughs) Yeah, I do have, um, I like to ask a lot of times with a certain topic, any common mistakes that you might see, or like maybe misconceptions about a certain topic and, you being as a running coach, do you see any common mistakes when someone implements strides? You mm-hmm. can maybe repeat something that we might've already said on the, the podcast, but yeah, anything that you might have in terms of mistakes
1: one thing is like like we did talk about is being overly focused on your pace how fast you're going um it is super fun to look at your data from strides because the the speed that you're able to do is just mind-blowing when you you know blow it out to a mile per uh, you know pace per mile but um so focusing too much on the actual speed is the biggest mistake and then I think the second one that I see is um confusing them with surges which I um Mentioned earlier, so um, I'll get people who say, "Oh, I uh, had strides today. I just did them in the middle of my run." And if you're doing it in the middle of your run, it's called a surge. It's not a stride. So the difference is, you know, so a surge is when you're running at whatever pace. Let's say it's easy pace, and then you increase your your speed and you go faster for a certain period of time, and then you bring it back down. So. That is not the same as stopping, getting your breath back, and then, you know, running anaerobically for 20 seconds or, you know, 10 or 20 seconds. Um, A surge is 100% aerobic. It's a pace change. It is not the same energy system. It is not the same physiologically. It has its own benefits. There's nothing wrong with doing a surge, but it's not the same as a stride. So, um, you know, keeping those separate and doing them for different reasons uh, is really important because they are not the same thing. They're both good, but you're not getting the same effect by doing it that way.
0: Well said, because I can see and imagine a ton of runners being like, Oh, I want to be as efficient as possible. So let me just sprinkle it into the middle of my run. And then I'm getting them done. Brody and Claire, they're happy because I'm implementing them (laughs) and I've done it in the most efficient way possible. So well explained. I think that would be a very common mistake.
1: And the the other thing, the last one, I would definitely say the mistake is people forget them. And I'm guilty of this, too. They're just like, oh, I have my easy run. Oh, shoot. I forgot to do the strides. Darn. So go mm. ahead and do them next time. It's usually not a big deal. You can squeeze them in at the end of another run if you if you forget them. But um, that that's definitely the biggest ones. People just feel like, oh, no, I forgot. It's like uh-huh. understandable. <laughs>
0: Yeah, And I suppose if it's a a consistent routine, if it's, you know, Mm -hmm. on a Tuesday after your easy run every time, you know, after a couple of weeks, it becomes more habit and I guess less forgetful.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I've actually found people implement them and actually really enjoy them it's become like one of their favorite little workouts that they do and you know everyone's each to their own some people don't like them but I've been surprised about the amount of people being like I really enjoy doing them and so if you enjoy them less likely to forget them
1: yeah Um, absolutely I've definitely heard the same people are like oh my gosh that was so fun I got to run so fast because you know some people are running like four minute miles or five minute miles or six minute miles and these are paces they've never seen before and they see this pop up on their watch and they're like oh that's so mm. much fun. I'm going to do it again. And it's so short that you don't get tired. I mean, yes, you will be out of breath after 20 seconds. You know, stand there that, you know, stand there and catch your breath. Some people jog back. Um, I'm not a big fan of jogging in between. I think if you're focusing on the stride, you want to 100% focus on the stride and that means 100% recovery. Um, If you're jogging in between um, the strides, that means you're still kind of staying, you know, your heart rate is staying elevated, your breathing is still elevated, and you're not getting, you know, the 100% recovery. So you cannot run as fast if you don't have full recovery so um, that is definitely something that I you know try to explain if you jog between because it's cold or it's raining or something fine no big deal but next time make sure you're getting that full one to two minute recovery which is a lot of standing around time People don't like that so much, so, you know, especially if the weather's bad, but that's the way to do the stride with the most um, speed that you've got.
0: One of the reasons why when I implemented strides that I did it with my dog, like on the, the football <laughs> soccer oval, because during my rest, I just throw the tennis ball a couple of times <laughs> and just recover. And then I do my repeat again. So it worked really Perfect.
1: well. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Bring Are your
0: there dog. Any other... Are there any final takeaways that you might have on the topic of strides that we haven't yet discussed or maybe anything really important that you is worth repeating?
1: Um yeah, I think I think the other part that we really haven't touched on is the mental side of it. So um, you really need to concentrate on what you are doing. It's only 20 seconds and our brains, they really can't think about something for very long. Like if you're out on your normal run and you're trying to work on your cadence and you're trying to, you know, put your shoulders down and back and you're trying to, you know, do the forward lean and all these things that you've been told to do that, that a good runner should do to have excellent form you're gonna think about that for 30 40 seconds and then you're start gonna start to think about what you're gonna have for dinner that night or whatever you know your brain is gonna wander and do something else during a stride you have 20 seconds to absolutely focus your brain on exactly what you are doing. Think about where your head is. Think about where your eyes are looking. Think about how your shoulders are placed. Think about getting that full deep breath into your lungs. Think about, you know, like I said, extending from the hip and pushing off with each toe. I mean, really get micro and, you know, analyze every little bit because for 20 seconds, a human being can pay attention, you know, so really, really pay attention. Be really conscious of everything. You know, pretend that you are, you know, I don't know, Ilya Kipchoge or whatever famous uh, runner that you really admire pretend you are that person embody that person and just sprint down the road like you are the best runner in the world like really go crazy with your imagination it's it's more fun that way and you're you actually start doing the things Um, unconsciously, the more you consciously practice. So when you're consciously working really hard for 20 seconds, that's totally within your human brain capacity. And sooner or later, eventually with all this good mind practice, you won't have to think about it anymore and you will run that way all the time.
0: I think that's an excellent way to end this conversation because you did start off by saying strides are like a drill and when you're explaining it that way like we're trying to get to every like little micro adjustment and thinking about it in all these little forms and repeating that that is now a drill you're like honing in on a skill it's deliberate practice it's not necessarily just oh i my coach says i need to do these so let me do these it's right. it's a little bit more purpose so a great way to finish on everyone's going to go check out the planted runner podcast. Is there any other socials that you want people to check out if they want to learn more about you?
1: I am very active on Instagram, so I'm the Planted Runner on Instagram. I have uh I also have my website, The Planted Runner. It's all, you know, Planted Runner everywhere. And um I am doing a free 12-week marathon series. So we're right in the middle of it if you've missed it. But every week I am explaining exactly what you should be doing that particular week um for the marathon, what your training could look like, what you should be eating, how you should be resting, all of that good stuff, breaking it down week by week. And it's a hundred percent free. So you can just head over to theplanetrunner.com slash marathon.
0: Excellent. What a good idea. And (laughs) it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again for coming back onto the podcast and yeah, had a lot of fun. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, me too. Thanks Brody. Always nice to chat with you.
0: are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes and last but not least who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it i look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your run smarter path